Hello and welcome back to the Daily Study of the Way of Mastery. Today we continue with Lesson 6, Love Heals All Things. Section 5, Feeling is the Doorway to Love and Freedom. And we're going to look at paragraphs 4, 5, 6, and 7. They all kind of go together. And this section here has lots of quotes, meaning Jeshua saying what we say. So I'm going to do my best to act it out uh, <laughs> with not, without overacting, but we're going to have some fun with it. So here we go. Paragraph four, Jeshua says, I have called this the ego, the false self. What I once described to you as a gnat shouting at space, quote, that's what I'm committed to. And I'm going to protect this thing. Give up heaven to protect this useless little thing. Oh, yes, you'd better believe I'd be willing to make that sacrifice. What's heaven anyway? A bunch of love stuff, a bunch of people running around in bliss, some of them without bodies, hanging out in unlimitedness, fearlessness, and utter fulfillment. Who needs it? Oh, but this little gnat, this little gnat of mine, oh, I'm going to make it shine. So a fun paragraph by Jeshua. And I think at the end, it's like, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I think that's a little play on that. Um, but Jeshua is talking about this idea of what we protect. We protect the ego, the tiny mad idea, this personal sense of identity so much. But it comes from this place really of fear and insecurity. And the fear of the ego is afraid of death, of not existing. But the heart, the true self, knows that that's, that's not even a thing. It's not possible. You can't – it's like you can't remove wetness from water. Maybe you can. Maybe they've proven that. But we're going with that. You know what I mean? You can't remove life from the soul. So Jeshua is just kind of putting himself in in the our shoes but the ego's shoes and just – showing us how ridiculous we are when we are identifying with the ego, that small, insecure, fearful self, even in the face of bliss and heaven and grace, we resist and reject it. It's like we'd rather have the uncomfortable pain that we know versus risk giving that up for the seeming unknown, where in truth, all the love is. And where do we do that in our life, by the way? Look at your life. Where are you clinging to the comfortable known, even if it's not great, because you don't want to risk that it could get even worse in the unknown? Like you don't want to leave a relationship that you're not really into, but it's safe and it's okay and you've kind of learned how to cope, but it doesn't bring you alive. There's not that connection. You don't open your heart. Or that job, it's like it's good enough, it's okay. You know, there yeah, there's a lot of things I wish I could I could leave this relationship or leave this job and do things that bring me alive and be with somebody else who I feel, you know, is a better fit for me. But you know, I don't want to be alone. I don't want to risk leaving this job for something that might not be out there. Right? It's like we'd rather have the discomfort of what we know because we've learned to live and cope with that discomfort versus stepping out into the unknown. But that's where all the magic happens. And it's so it's so fun. He's like, 
what, what's heaven anyways? Trying to, you know, the ego trying to minimize how amazing heaven is by being like, ah, what is that anyway? It's just a bunch of love stuff. I don't need that. It's just a bunch of people running around in bliss, some of them without bodies, hanging out in unlimitedness and fearlessness and fulfillment. Who needs that anyway? I've got this little special identity and I'm going to make it important. I'm going to let it shine. And we continue in paragraph five. How many times have you tried to make that little gnat shine? For instance, quote, everybody notice it's shining. Please notice how great I am. I'm making my gnat shine. Listen to my whining and my complaining and my lamenting the great sadness. Oh, how grand my gnat is. So there's a couple things happening in this paragraph, and I guess I should have addressed it in the previous paragraph, where he, he's using the analogy of a little gnat. Like this little gnat, that's the ego. It's like this inconsequential, little annoying thing. It still it still exists, but it's like, why are we giving it any attention? We're giving all of our attention to this little gnat, this tiny mad idea, when there's this incredible canvas universe of love and bliss and oneness. But we're focusing all of our attention on the gnat. And then we think we're the gnat. That's that's what's happening. So a little gnat. And then the first part of the quote, everybody notice it's shining. Notice how great I am. Please, I'm making my gnat shine. It's like, where do we look for validation? Where's that needy is cringy? Whether it's, oh, look, mom, look, dad, I'm being a good boy. Or look what I'm achieving in my life as an adult. Now you can be proud of me. Or we do that with any authority figure. Maybe your boss is your father figure or mother figure. Look, look, boss, look, I'm doing a good job. Pat me on the head and give me some treats. Give me a bonus. And we can do that from joy. Of course, we can do that from joy and just wanting to do a good job. And But a lot of us do it for the validation. We don't even realize it. Look at where you do that. And look at how we were conditioned to do that as a kid. When you're a kid, you want to see your mother and father or whoever is your caretaker, your your authorities, your adults, pleased and happy with you because you feel safe. You feel validated. That's maybe how you got love. If you got good grades, you got love. But if you got a B, what, you can always do better. Why didn't you do better? You need to do this. You need to do that to get an A. Oh, you got an A? Great job, Johnny. You're going to be successful and happy. No, that's really you, dad or mom, that you are the one that has attached your happiness to your child's achievements. And then as the child, we bought into that. So it's like, where are we trying to people please and and, and have our curated Instagram life so people look at our life and be like, damn, that person's got it all together. When really we all we all are going through shit. Every single person. Life is messy. I don't care who you are. Your life is, you know, working with professional athletes on the outside. People think professional athletes. What are they complaining about? They're millionaires. They get to play a sport for a living. Why are they complaining? But you don't see the behind the scenes. You don't see all the things that, you know, life is life, whether you're a professional athlete or, again, not comparing, you're a sanitation worker or a teacher or a lawyer or a surgeon or, a, you know, a ditch digger. Everybody's got their own problems Every, because that's that's the ego is going to always find problems, problem, solution, problem, solution. It doesn't matter. Ninety nine problems. No, that's the wrong thing. <laughs> Ninety nine problems that a, and a, ain't one of them. But that wasn't what I was thinking about. I was trying to be like, 
you know, what is it? Mo money, mo problems. That's what I wanted to say. <laughs> it's like people who have more money have just as many problems, if not more, sometimes than people who have no money. But the people with no money think more more money is going to solve their problem, going to make them happier, going to make them feel more safe and more secure. You know how many millionaires still don't feel safe and secure? A lot. Trust me. So that's that first part of that paragraph. And then the second part of the paragraph is, listen to my whining, my complaining, the lamenting, the great sadness. Oh, how grand my gnat is. It's like it doesn't matter if we're puffing ourselves up and flexing to try and get noticed and get validated or we try and play the victim and get validated that way. Either one, we're trying to get validated. The ego is trying to get validated. Look, I exist. I'm important. I'm special. That's what the ego is about, specialness. And it either does that through comparing itself to another person and being like, look, I'm succeeding in life. I'm, I've got the money. I've got the house. I've got the car. I've got the job. I've got the relationship. My kids are good. I'm succeeding. I'm special. Or, oh, I'm shit. Look at all those other people who are doing better than me. Look what I don't have. Look what's wrong with my life. Either way, it's the game of specialness. Can, are, are you willing to see that and just see where maybe you're playing that game? And it's okay that we we've all I'm playing the game and you know at certain times, and it's about becoming more aware of this game. That's what Jeshua. That's why he uses the analogy of a gnat. He's trying to make it light. We take our problems so seriously. We take the ego so seriously. And Jeshua's like, it's a little gnat whining about. Look at me. Look how great I am. Look how shiny I am. Look how successful I am. Or look how sad my life is. Pay attention to me. Life's not fair. Either way, it's the gnat trying to get attention because then it exists. Then it validates its existence and its specialness. All right, let's move on, continuing to paragraph six. Meanwhile, the love of God flows through a multitude of universes and creates forever even new universes. And the love of God does not even notice the gnat at all. No one is paying any attention your friends around you do not want to pay attention, although sometimes you corner them and they have no choice. But those of us without bodies, do you really actually think we waste our precious eternity taking your attempt to make the gnat shine seriously? Indeed, because we love you, we give you the space and we honor your free will to be as little and as miserable as you wish. <laughs> That's awesome. And Jeshua is not saying that with snark. He's not saying that condescendingly. He's saying it with so much love. And just this paragraph's beautiful. The love of God flows. That's what it does. It flows through a multitude of universes. This isn't the only universe. They, you, you know, we've been brought up that we're the only beings in the universe. You think really that all that is created just the human beings? Come on now. There's multitude of universes in life because the nature of life is to express and create and expand forever, forever and ever and ever, eternity, even new universes out of the joy of it, new waves out of the love from the depth of the ocean. There's no limit and there's no ending. And that's the amazing part. Our little brains can't comprehend this. And this love of God does not even notice the tiny mad idea. Why would it pay it any attention? It's there. It's not denying that it's there. But once you give it a lot of attention and energy, it just gives it more power. God doesn't even notice 
the gnat at all. No one's paying attention. And that's why the gnat, our ego, small self, specialness is like, whoa, pay attention to me, look, and tries to do whatever it can, creates a lot of drama to try and get more attention, to validate its existence. The soul self doesn't need to validate its existence. It knows what it is. Your heart, and you are the soul self. Your heart knows who you are. It's just we're so caught up in the busyness of life, of the doing, of the holidays, of the this and the that, and the, okay, I just got to get through this time. Okay, my kids are little. Let me just get through this little phase when they're very needy in different ways. And then now, okay, now my kids are in school. Let me get through this phase. Oh, now my kids are teenagers. Let me get through this phase. This part of my job, let me get through this phase. Let me get through this phase, and then I'm dead. Let me let me get through this phase, and I'll stop worrying. When, when this is done, then I'll stop worrying. When this is done, then I'll stop worrying. We just keep doing that until we're dead. We don't, we don't have to live like that. And Jeshua is kind of poking fun. He's like, your friends around you, they don't want to listen to you whine. They don't want to buy into your ego sob stories or your flexing about how great you are. They just want you. They want your authenticity. They want your true self. They love you for your true self, not for who you flex to be, want to be, want to be seen, or why your life is so bad, complaining, whining, whatever, playing the victim. Unless they're conspiring with you, unless you have an agreement to be codependent with your friend and misery loves company. So notice if you have that one complainy friend, notice, are you conspiring with them or are you tolerating that? It's okay to be like, yeah, you know what? I don't want to participate in a relationship where you just call me up and bitch and moan and complain about your life. And I'm, I'm your friend. I'm nice. I'm being nice. I'm loving you because I'm being nice and just sitting on the phone, listening to you being a victim. You don't have to do that. You can have a boundary with love and say, you know what, I love I love you and I want to have a relationship where we're meeting each other at our highest and truest self. We're encouraging each other to take ownership and responsibility of our life and at least look for solutions and what's right in our life instead of just complaining about all the problems. And Jeshua was like, those of us without bodies, you think we're wasting our precious eternity and life force Taking your attempt to make the gnat shine seriously, we're not taking it seriously. We know it's a tiny mad idea. Why would you take a tiny mad idea seriously? But you and I, when we're in it, when we're in the ego, when we're in the injustice, when we're in the victim, oh, look what what life is doing to me. We take it so seriously. And, And other people that don't take it seriously, we get mad at them. Like look at comedy, comedy, comics, make fun of like, serious issues, but it's making fun, sometimes to expose the absurdity of how serious we take life. But yet we can, you know, some people like take comics so, oh, they made a joke about that. You can't joke about that. We take it seriously. Jeshua's like this whole thing. We're not taking it seriously. This tiny mad idea of separation. No, we're not playing the game with you. Because we love you. Because we'd rather be hanging out here in bliss and unlimitedness and creativity and joy. And you can suffer and be miserable as long as you want because that's free will. That's how much you are loved that you have free will. So we're going to give you the space. We're going to stand here and love you. We're going to send you messages like the way of mastery. And sometimes you'll be in it and then other times you'll be afraid. So you'll stop studying it, but your heart will bring you back to it. And you can start and stop and start and stop and be as inconsistent as you want. And we're still here loving you. The messages are always here. And then maybe at one point you'll be like, oh, I'm tired of suffering. I'm tired of thinking that I live in a world of lack and I'm going to worry about money my entire life and I'm ready to do life a a different way. I'm tired of constantly feeling like no one respects me, but it's really me not respecting and loving and seeing how amazing and beautiful I am. 
I'm going to do life a different way. I'm going to commit finally to this path, the way of mastery, of course, miracles, whatever path. It could be some of the paths of love and in religions and other modes. It doesn't matter. Like once you say I'm committing to love and being what I am and coming back to God, then the path, whatever path is right for you, will make its way known. And then the final paragraph, Jeshua says, we will wait until you choose to come. Oh, wait, sorry. I'm going back real quick because I think that's important. So in the previous paragraph, Jeshua says, do you really actually think we waste our precious eternity taking your attempt to make the gnat shine seriously? We're attempting, but we are not succeeding. That's the other thing for, for us to see with some kind of elevation and neutrality, that no matter how much we strive and effort to get seen and noticed and get our needs met by other people or a condition being different, it never works. It's an attempt that will fail 100% of the time. Okay. Now, paragraph seven, Jeshua says, we will wait until you choose to come once again into the greatness in which you truly reside. We never withdraw our love from you. We simply look through your storyline because we, because what we wish to love is the Christ that dwells within you. So Jeshua saying, we, all of these uh, disembodied or out of body beings, including Jeshua and probably many, many of your angels and ancestors and guides, we just patiently and lovingly wait until you choose to come once again into the greatness in which you truly reside. You are truly great. Not you, the human limited identity of, oh, Jason Amoroso, father of four, working, making X amount of salary, living in what house in this area. And I've got these preferences. Not you, not that part of you, the greatness of your spirit, of what you really are, the greatness of your soul. You are a child of God, of the infinite, all that is birthed you into existence. We will wait until you choose to be that over and over again. And it has to be your choice. That's the amazing, beautiful, empowering part. No one can do it for you. Jeshua can't even do it for you. But a part of us just wants someone to come and save us and do it for us so we don't have to do the hard work. It feels like hard work. We don't have to do the hard work of standing in our light and letting go of the false self of the lies that we bought into, that somehow we are separate, the victim energy and identities. It must be you. And if you choose differently, you always get to choose again. That's the good news. Just choose again. Choose again for yourself. Choose again for love. Choose again to keep your heart open and just feel what you're feeling. And Jeshua says, we never withdraw our love from you. This is so true. When we get still in meditation and moments and revelation, breath work and yoga and nature and art and whatever you do where you get out of your head and lose your mind and get into your heart, you know that love has never been withheld from you ever. Jeshua says we simply look through your storyline. We see through the, 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 the falsehood of it, the lies of it, that you're separate that you lack something, that you're not a powerful creator, we see through it because we know who you really are. What we wish to love is the Christ that dwells within you. We wish to love who you really are, not your, if you're not the role that you've decided to play, not this role 
that you've created for yourself, this limited persona. Why would we love that? That's not what you are. It's not who you are. It's just something you've made up. We want to love you. And you are us and we are you. And it's all one. This powerful emanation of love and creativity and peace and joy and abundance and all the things. That's what you really are. Let it, this is identity shifting work. Healing is remembering and waking up to who and what we truly are. What a joy that is to be on this journey together. How loved we are. Thank you for listening. I'm having so much fun with this. I hope you guys are too. You know, this is, for me, this is practical spirituality. Let's read these. When I read these texts, it sings in my heart and I want to look and see and apply it to my life because otherwise if I just feel inspired in the moment, I put the book down and then I get lost in my daily life. I'm not using time. I'm wasting time. So I love you guys. This is so much fun. If you get value from this, please give us a good review somewhere, wherever you're listening to this. Take a moment and give us a good review. Thank you. Share this with – if this message resonates for someone that you think would get value from it, send it to them. And um, if you want to send me an email, hello at revelationbreathwork.com. Just saying hi. I would love to hear from you. All right. We'll see you tomorrow next time.